0: This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. So what could this bonus episode be about? It's not about the debate, because that was on NBC. So I'm not covering that, but, because I only cover Fox, but what di- what happened? What just happened Tuesday night? It's very exciting. So Tuesday night, <laughs> um, I had a very funny video that I posted on Twitter, which was called How It Started, How It's Going, and that was Steve Ducey running out and cheering because it was election night and he was in Virginia. And I'll explain to anybody who's not an American who's listening, and I have a few of you, an off year election. So in the United States, every two years, our members of Congress, of the House of Representatives, that is, every two years, that House runs for reelection. So it's kind of crazy. Every two years, they got to get that seat again our senators have a 6 year term and so it's like a third of the senate does it every 2 years so they because they have a 6 year term so and that's just a whole crazy rotation um and then usually every 2 years that same pattern coincides with the president which is every 4 years and then local and state elections which will be every 2 years every 4 years whatever so off year elections tend to be a little wonky because they have low turnout, because people forget they exist. And they tend to be for stuff like ballot measures. And for some bizarre reason, Virginia does a lot of things on off-year elections. So the state of Virginia just re-elected its members, or elected if they're new, for their Senate and House, for their state legislature. And it did not go well for the Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin. Fox wasn't really talking about this election at all, because off-year elections are wonky. And again, they only occur in like certain parts of the country. They tend to be for stuff that's not as important. Sometimes it's for governor. In the case of Mississippi and Kentucky, it was. We'll get into this. But they're wonky. And so Fox had kind of ignored it. And then last week, they brought out the car- migrant caravan out of nowhere, which was kind of a hint. Something big was coming. And then they sort of, sort of start teasing... The election, oh, the election's coming. We've got this election in Virginia. They really only talked about Virginia. They didn't talk about anywhere else for the most part. And then Steve Ducey Tuesday mornings, running around in a, in a, in a diner in Virginia, whooping it up, saying, I'm Mr. Coffee, running around with a you know, pot of coffee, like, yay, who's going to vote for Republicans? And everybody's cheering, and he's all excited. And they're like, Steve Ducey, we love you. And then the night went horribly, horribly wrong horribly horribly wrong so uh here's the first clip and this is just this all of these clips are from hannity until the very end and the the clips at the end are from from wednesday these are all from tuesday night all from hannity but he gave me that much that i was watching this going this is a thread this is now a few tweets this is a thread the thread by the way is on twitter and on threads the uh, the other social media platform The one on Twitter is at 1.3 million views, so it's doing gangbusters. Um, So I just want to do a very quick disclaimer before I get into this episode because abortion will be mentioned and talked about quite a bit. And I know that's a very contentious issue. I'm not telling anybody how they should think about it or that they're wrong for thinking about it in a certain way. That's not the point of this podcast. I'm trying to point out the hypocrisy of. Sean Hannity and others on Fox who have pushed abortion as very much murder, death, horrible, who are now suddenly, when it's hurt them at the ballot box, compromising. And they're saying, oh, 15 or 20 weeks, that's fine. That's what I'm calling them out for. The fact that now that it will hurt them in terms of winning elections, they suddenly are pivoting my family was hardcore catholic and is very pro-life most of my relatives are still pro-life i it's not really important what my political beliefs are but i just wanted to say that before it gets any deeper that i am not judging anybody based on how they feel about this issue that's it if it's a very sensitive topic for you maybe don't listen to this one that's that's it as well Uh, because i know people get very worked up about abortion That's it. So uh, here's the first clip. This is basically a quick overview of the election night and how horrible it went for the Republicans. This is Sean Hannity
1: to Hannity. We begin tonight with a Fox News alert. Election night 2023 is well underway. Polls are now closed in several key states where close races could serve as maybe a small preview of coming attractions for the 2024 election. In a moment, we'll take you live on the ground in Virginia where Governor Glenn Youngkin's GOP turnout strategy is now being put to the test.
0: So I'll explain a little bit of that. What he was trying to uh, sort of hint at is. The The word on the street at Fox was that Glenn Youngkin, the Republican governor of Virginia, was going to somehow win control of both the uh, Virginia House and the Virginia Senate, and he was just going to run with it. He was going to push all this legislation through, including a 15-week ban on abortion. And what happened, of course, is that both houses went for Democrats. So none of that happened.
1: And some breaking news. Ohio voters, they have passed a constitutional amendment protecting access to abortion, extending statewide wins for abortion rights.
0: So not every state has this. But in Ohio, um, there, there was a referendum on should abortion be legal in the state of Ohio? And the voters overwhelmingly voted to make abortion legal. So this sort of defeated any chance by Republicans to limit or ban abortion in the state of Ohio.
2: As Andy Bashir wins this race called over Daniel Cameron.
0: So Bashir was running for reelection in Kentucky. Bashir was a Democrat. He won easily. That was called early in the night. Fox acted as if, according to their polls, that that was going to be neck and neck with the attorney general uh, who was a Republican running against him, but it was, it was a blowout. Um, Bashir won easily. And we're moving on to Kaylee McEnany.
3: Tonight, the midterm elections, the last few elections, we must recognize that as a party, good polling does not always translate into resounding
0: victory. That's just kind of hilarious because what on earth is good polling? You mean overly optimistic polling? I think that's what you really should have said, but good polling doesn't mean a victory necessarily. And this last voice is Reince Priebus.
1: Uh, Well, number one, incumbents uh, that are popular are going to win. Number two, Republicans can't keep stumbling and bumbling on abortion. And number three, we can't keep losing close races.
0: Now, Reince Priebus said that with absolutely no enthusiasm, which was pretty hilarious because this was a little bit later in the program i kind of cut it up and stuck it together to give a nice arc of that's how the night went that's how the night went it was the opening tweet um and it it that pretty much summed it up that's doing gangbusters on um TikTok right now which surprised me but i'm like i get it i get it because it's it's just funny it just sums up the whole evening in like a minute and a half so basically after the midterms after a number of ballot measures across the country where voters in even the reddest of red states like Kansas were offered, do you want abortion or do you not? And they said, we want abortion access, okay? After this has happened multiple times all over the country, after the GOP did terribly in the midterms, after they just did terribly in an off-season election, because, again, the governorship to Kentucky went to a Democrat. The entire House in Virginia went to Democrats. Um, There's a number of other things Across the country that went to Democrats. So this abortion measure, a POT measure, went for Democrats. So now they're starting to panic. Now this is one line of attack Republicans are using that's not very effective. But I've heard this numerous times on Fox, so that's why I included it. And I heard this Tuesday night from Charlie Hurt. And it's hideous what he says
2: absolutely and but i think that what kaylee said is so important and that is that you know the republican position on abortion is shared by like 80% of the population the Democrat uh, yeah. position, which is abortion up to the point of birth, and in the case in Virginia, you're talking like abortion after birth, where you put the baby on a table and keep the baby comfortable while people make decisions. I mean, it's crazy. It's nuts. Well, That's those, the Democrat those the words position. Then Governor Northam,
1: that was yeah, Governor Northam and, that said that.
2: Right and 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 this is and that stuff is so wacko crazy and Republicans have to learn as Kaylee said, have to learn how to talk about this and explain how wacko extreme Democrats are on this issue and that and and while you know you know strictly pro-life people are not going to be happy with the end result of what you get, they'll be happy to take to start with the 15 weeks. They'll be happy to to uh, bring some sort of reasonable sanity to this because when Democrats get their way, it is full nine months and possibly beyond.
0: So that is a lie that has been repeated um, in far right circles and the right wing for some time now. It's complete nonsense. Infanticide is not legal and that's the death of a baby, the murder of a baby after it's born. In any state in the country, it's just not legal. It's no one's pushing for it. There's no group for like we need to extend abortion to the tenth month. It doesn't exist. What's happened instead is that uh, anti-abortion groups have, you know, found various laws ar- around the country, and they've tried to say that it's, it's pro-infanticide, and it's not. It's just not. They're just trying to scare people. They're trying to ban abortion. So they're trying to say that, oh, you know, it's a slippery slope. They're going to eventually let you kill children um, after they're born. That's not true. Um, The governor did make a statement like that. I cannot read his mind. There's no law. There's no ordinance. There's nothing done about it. He made a statement like that. And I'm assuming they basically quoted him in that quote uh, clip. I'm assuming he was speaking of extreme cases where the baby is born with such profound birth defects, it's not gonna live, and that does happen sometimes, where uh, a baby is born missing a skull, missing a heart, missing kidneys, these things happen, it's horrific. Sometimes it lives for a short period of time, sometimes the child doesn't even make it the day. Um, I don't know what he he meant by that statement, but that's not a law, it's just I don't know what they're talking about. So that is just a falsehood, it doesn't happen. And even late-term abortions, what they always leave out is they act like, so first trimester abortion in the United States, most, like over half of them is a woman, and I'm just gonna use the term woman because it'll start messing my head up if I say person for this. I'm acknowledging that there are some trans uh, people that also get pregnant and give birth. I'm, For the sake of my brain right now, because I'm not working with a script at all, I'm just winging this because I don't have time to write a script. I'm just going to use the term woman, and sadly, unfortunately, girl would also be included in that because some girls, minor-aged girls, also get pregnant and need abortions. So in the term of late-term abortions, uh, the right wing and the far right always push this idea that it's a casual thing, that a woman would just decide at eight or nine months that she doesn't want to have a baby, and she goes to a doctor, and uh, there, I'm done. I'm over it. Now, if you've seen what an eight-month uh, pregnant woman looks like or a nine-month pregnant, imagine uh, what that would in- entail. They-, they don't do that. They just don't do that. It's not what happens. Um, late-term abortions are major surgery. They're incredibly expensive. There's only a handful of doctors who will even do them. And it's pretty much just stick of the lies and the propaganda. No one in their right mind, no one does that. They don't get a casual, I take a pill, I take another pill, and it's over. No. You'd have to get an anesthesiologist. You have to get a a doctor. It's It's just a whole ordeal. Women do that because there's something that's gone horribly, horribly wrong with the pregnancy. And you can read about what happened to the women in Texas who sued the state of Texas because they had a horrible pregnancy complication and almost died because in Texas they couldn't terminate the pregnancy. And I'm talking like the, the fetus dies within their body. And in Texas, they would make them wait until their vital signs, the woman's vital signs started to drop so that they could prove that the woman was dying before they removed the fetus. I mean, that is horrible. So can you imagine being six months pregnant and going through that? That's not something somebody does, like, oh, I just don't want to have a baby anymore. No, this is, it's just not done. And it's a tiny percentage of the total abortions, like 90% are in the first trimester. So they're just lying. They're just lying to you. Now, this next clip is Stephen Miller, who somebody thought was a good idea to come on and talk about this topic. Stephen Miller. And this is just comical because it's Stephen Miller basically yelling at women to not have an abortion. And, you know, that would work because everybody loves Stephen Miller. He's warm and fuzzy. Just makes us all so happy. Stephen Miller.
4: Yes, but let's just stay on this point. Republicans need to learn how to talk about abortion in a way that is going to appeal to suburban voters, single mothers, married mothers, women across the political spectrum. President Trump's emphasis on having the the exceptions. RAPE, INCEST, LIFE OF MOTHER WORKED. HIS EMPHASIS ON THE BARBARISM OF LATE-TERM ABORTIONS WORKED. LOOK AT HOW TRUMP trounced IN OHIO COMPARED TO THE RESULTS TONIGHT. REPUBLICANS NEED TO UNDERSTAND, AS PRESIDENT TRUMP DID, HOW TO TALK ABOUT ABORTION IN A WAY THAT WINS ELECTIONS. AND THEN WE HAVE TO COMBINE THAT WITH BALLOT HARVESTING on-the-ground operations, door-to-door canvassing to be able to succeed in 2024.
0: So yes, Stephen Miller, a ray of sunshine, yelling at you about abortion. That's a fun thing. So uh, he missed a lot there. So the Dobbs decision hadn't come down yet when Trump ran in 2020. We all saw the Dobbs Dobbs decision came later. So when Trump was running for re-election in 2020— Um, abortion was still legal. So the immediacy was not there. So that's a terrible thing to compare. And by the way, Stephen Miller, Donald G. Trump lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. You can just ask um, Rachel Campos Duffy, who admitted it on air uh, just last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. My brain becomes mush. So basically this entire episode on Hannity was Sean Hannity and his guest Realizing in real time that abortion, this thing they fought for for 49 years, to make it to take it away and make it the states decide on it, is becoming this disaster for the Republican Party. So we have Charlie Hurt trying to scare people with like they really want infanticide. Then you have Stephen Miller saying, "Nope, if we could just get Trump in there, he'll work his magic. He'll come up with this magical compromise that will make everybody happy." And we won't have this problem anymore. And next, we have Kaylee McEnany. And I will give her credit because I do think that she honestly cares about women and babies. And she comes up with a slew of solutions that are completely impractical, would never get passed by Republicans. But, you know, at least she's trying. So this is Kaylee McEnany's take very
3: good numbers for Trump. One other point I would just make because on the issue of abortion in Ohio tonight, we continue the losing streak in the pro-life movement. Every ballot initiative has been lost post-Dobbs for the pro-life movement. As a party, Sean, we must, we must Not just be a pro baby party. That's a great thing. We must be a pro mother party. We need a national strategy. And I talked to Mike Johnson about this. We'll air that tomorrow on Outnumbered. There's legislation we must put forward as a party to support women. And it's out there. Senator Rubio's laid it out. But we've got to get Trump behind it, the Speaker of the House behind it, and have a national strategy to help vulnerable women because the results of next year's election could be determined by that. No. No, the the language in Ohio tonight, Sean, this is what happens. It is so loose the language. The ACLU will roll in and this is abortion until birth we're talking about. This is minors getting abortion without parental consent. We must as a party number 1 expose the extremity of the left. Number 2, pass legislation. Tomorrow I want the House of Representatives passing Uh, legislation for men to pay women child support from the moment of conception, legislation to make the child tax credit apply to the unborn, legislation to have women uh, have access to the supplemental food and nutrition program up to two years after childbirth. These are things that can be done today that will make a difference. But until we own this issue as a party, we will lose again and again and again.
0: So with a couple of exceptions, um, pretty much everything she's listed has already been pushed for 49 years, 50 years, but yet people still wanted abortion. So um, the only two that are new are the child tax credit and then child support from conception on. And now that one's an obvious, talk to anyone in criminal justice why that's great in pay, on paper, but in, on, in reality, that's not going to work. Because number one, you have to figure out paternity And I'm not sure how you do that when a baby, when a woman becomes, uh, you know, you take a pregnancy test and then, oh, I'm pregnant. Now I give me child support. You'd have to go to court and you'd have to prove paternity. So that's interesting. Um, And then what if you miscarry? Miscarriages are incredibly common. And then another one with that is right now there's hundreds of millions of dollars of unpaid or underpaid child support in the United States right now. People find all kinds of ways to get out of paying child support. Even in states where you can go to jail, which is very controversial, that whole policy. But my sister's had clients who, um, she's a criminal defense attorney, who haven't paid child support. And in, in Missouri, they can, I believe, it's, they can put you in jail for a brief period of time. It's a way to scare people, like pay your child support. They can garnish wages. But I can tell you, like, you can go on disability. Men can go; uh, they can basically be permanently unemployed. They'll try every trick in the book to not pay child support, and so they don't. And Cornell West right now apparently has nearly fifty thousand dollars in unpaid child support, which is probably going back years, because most people don't get a huge check every month. You're talking about, you know, I depends on the situation, because child support's like very complicated. Depends on how much both parents make and how much visitation and all this so let's just say arbitrarily i say 500 dollars a month or some people get a lot more than that some people get less but if you can't if that checks you don't get those checks it builds up yeah you can end up with like a fifty thousand dollar child support bill especially if you have more than one child so that's i i bless her for being committed i do believe that she cares about children i do believe she cares about mothers but it's just impractical, and none of that's going to work. It's just not going to work, because they've been trying that. And women with children under the age of five already get WIC, uh, which is a very great, wonderful program. I got WIC as a child. So some of the things she's promoting already exist. Um, I just wanted to point that out. So next up, we have Charlie Hurt sort of trying to explain a very strange take on Roe v. Wade, which I just... Yeah, I post a lot of people had strong comments about what he said here.
2: Um, you know, and this is what happens when you go for 50 years, uh, an unelected group of Supreme Court justices take this vitally important issue out of voters' hands and make the you know rule by fiat in Washington, and then and then when, when we uh, you know thankfully get it turned to return to the states and return to voters. It's a difficult issue, and we're working through it. This is the third election. It's going to be difficult, and it's going to be awkward. And we're everybody's kind of got to try to find their voice on it. Democrats demagogue the issue to the to, to you know a very well, try- well.
0: There's so much to unpack in just that short clip. Oh my goodness! So this unelected fiat of Supreme Court justices. Okay, do we have to bring out the Constitution and show you how they're? Um, nominated, and they get voted on, and how all that works. So that's a bit, what are, what are you talking about? You know, if, if they pass something you agreed with, you certainly wouldn't call them that. Uh, then to say the demo, Democrats demagogue this, now I'm, I'm going to go on a little brief story here. Uh, I was a uh, child born in the 70s to devoutly Catholic parents. One of the things um, my Catholic parents did is they sent uh, their four children, were born in f- Uh, They had four kids in four years. So we're right on top of each other in age. And my parents, who had no money, scraped money together to send us to this awful Catholic school. And my parents know (laughs) we have very strong feelings about the school. We ended up getting pulled out of the school, sent to public school later because it was so bad. So we went to this Catholic school, and one of the things the priests would do is they would say, who here was born after 1973? 1973 or past 1973. So they would take all of us, put us in a group, and they would pray over us and then say, and I'm not kidding, you would have died if your mother aborted you. You would be dead. You would die. You, you beautiful children. Look at you beautiful children. God bless you. God bless you. Blah, 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 blah. You'd be dead. And then my parents would take us to pro-life Uh, rallies and the exact same thing would be said who was born in 1973 or later raise your hand oh look at you you beautiful children you'd be dead so this (laughs) I'm laughing now because it's a dark sense of humor but when you're a little kid I I remember going to these rallies uh with my parents and they my parents meant well they meant well they meant well even my parents right now are horrified by what's happened with Dobbs my parents who were hardcore pro-life my mother said we didn't want this because they're reading about you know, mothers who had pregnancy complications who are now flying to different states to get emergency surgery so they don't die. My parents are reading about this. The 10-year-old girl, um, the, the 12-year-old girl in Kentucky, they're reading about this just going, we didn't want this. We didn't want this. Uh, I don't think they would say they were pro-choice, but even they are horrified by what's going on. And they're in Missouri, a state that immediately banned it after Dobbs, like immediately. So, um, but yes, I grew up. You talk about demagoguing. That's why I'm bringing up this example. I mean, screaming at women going into abortion clinics that they're murderers. I am sorry, but you can just hold off on this. Oh, my. This is a major clutch your pearls moment. This is like, are you, can, you are so deeply offended now that this is at this, this car that you created this monster. You told people that abortion was murder and these women are murderers and you've abortion doctors have been shot and killed abortion clinics have been blown up and now you're like oh how dare these democrat democrats demagogue this oh my goodness now so this next quote is from hannity and this was quoted all over the place everybody quoted this a quote of the entire show and i just ah just Screaming, silent screams, silent screams, silent screams.
1: Trying to scare, but Democrats are trying to scare women into thinking Republicans don't want abortion legal under any circumstances. And I go back to Pennsylvania, 2022, the Republican candidate for governor, if I remember correctly, no exceptions for rape, incest or the mother's life, and lost uh, to a non-incumbent, uh, a gubernatorial candidate, Democratic candidate uh, by a margin that was not seen since the 1940s. So I have to believe that, that is an indication that the women in America, suburban moms want it probably legal and rare and probably earlier than you know, at the point of viability.
0: I I was just screaming. I was just like, are you kidding? You have members of your party. There are several Republicans, including some who've run for president, who have said, yeah, I'd be for a nationwide ban on abortion, every state nationwide ban. In Idaho, true story, they tried, this got bumped out of court. Court knocked this down. They tried to even eliminate the life of the mother. They tried to say that exception. Nope, we can't do that. And I remember I was talking to my mom, again, a very... Uh, anti-choice person I was talking to my mom about this and I said do they understand basic biology that like a woman who's five months pregnant if something goes horribly wrong with a pregnancy that they're like nope we can't we can't terminate that pregnancy because you we can't save your life mother we can't save your life mother we got to worry about that baby guess what they're both going they're both gonna die if the mother dies and she's only five months pregnant You're not going to save that baby, that fetus. So they actually tried to pass that, and a court knocked that down. But in some of these states, the restrictions on abortion are extreme, absolutely extreme. It's really hard to take this seriously when you're trying to say that the Democrats are demagoguing this issue. When I, you know, my entire life I was told that, you know, abortions murder and you're killing babies and all these women are murderers and these abortion doctors are murderers. And then you've got laws on the books right now in states like Idaho and Texas and a few others where women have no options. If there's a, they have a horrible pregnancy complication, they have to prove on paper, they have to show vitals on paper or their, you know, doctors could go to prison that prove that they themselves are also dying. So you're, you're, the fetus dies, the wanted baby dies. Oh, well, we have to see your blood pressure drop to terrifying levels before we'll swoop in. We have to prove that you've gone into sepsis, which can cause permanent damage, by the way, to multiple organs, sepsis, terrifying disease. It's not really a disease. It's sort of a condition, like blood poisoning, terrifying. You have to get that in order for us to save your life. That is a real thing. This is not demagoguing. This is reality. And I'm so sorry, Republican Party, that you who fought for this for 49 years and used this as a wedge issue in state after state and city after city, even in elections where people had no say whatsoever over abortion. So after that, Sean Hannity basically says, you know what? We can have a 15-week ban. Sure. I don't really care. I never really cared. And now he's tried to say that was his policy the whole time, yada, yada. Here we go.
1: If we're really going to be honest about this, and I consider myself pro-life, but I understand that's not where the country is, uh, I would say first trimester or Dobbs 15 weeks seems to be where the country is, Kaylee. I want to stay with you on this issue. and And these issues will be decided by the states. You asked you talk to the Speaker of the House, I talked to the Speaker of the House. It is not going to be an issue in, in the House of Representatives. This is not going to be decided any longer in Washington, D.C. The states will decide. So if states say that, okay, 15 weeks is is the legal time period where women can have an abortion. Um, Then the other side of the issue, there are many Democrats that want no restrictions on abortion at all whatsoever, that this should be a decision only between a woman and a doctor. I don't think that argument has been made enough by Republicans. Thoughts? How do they stop bumbling on abortion? (laughs) What's the answer? Well, number one, all right, WELL, the, THE REPUBLICANS HAVE TO CLEAR UP THIS ISSUE ACROSS THESE STATES WITH CLEAR LINES LIKE A 15-20 to 20 WEEK ABORTION BAN WITH EXCEPTIONS FOR LIFE INCEST uh, and, AND RAPE and, AND MAKE IT CLEAR YOU LOOK AT STATES WHERE THAT IS SET IN STONE AND WE DON'T HAVE THESE PROBLEMS. WE DON'T HAVE THESE PROBLEMS IN FLORIDA, WE DON'T HAVE THESE PROBLEMS IN GEORGIA, WE DON'T HAVE THESE PROBLEMS IN NORTH CAROLINA AND PART OF THAT IS is BECAUSE OF THAT PARTICULAR ISSUE.
0: So I didn't think what he said was accurate, and I went to a website called abortionfinder.org, and it breaks it down state by state. And according to abortionfinder.org, Georgia bans abortions at six weeks, which is when most women and girls find out they're pregnant. North Carolina bans abortions at 12 weeks, six days. And again, according to abortionfinder.org, And this is my source, so if if you disagree, my apologies, but I'm trying trying to nail this down. Florida is 15 weeks and six days. I know that there was a law written to ban it at six weeks, but I believe that there was some pushback. I'm not sure why, but according to this website, it says 15 weeks. So I thought for comparison, I would pick a state with very liberal laws about abortion. So I looked up New York State, which is where I live. And it says it is legal before viability, viability being when the fetus is able to live outside of the womb. Basically, for most pregnancies, it would probably be about seven months. And then it says after viability, if your pregnancy is at or past the stage of viability, you'll need to travel out of New York to get an abortion unless you can qualify for an exception. Exceptions are very limited and include to save the pregnant person's life. To preserve the pregnant person's general health can include mental health and i believe if a a fetus is not viable that would also be part of to save the pregnant person's life because if a fetus dies within the womb that's very much a huge um health risk for the pregnant person so just wanted to include what a state with very broad abortion laws has on the books, and that's what it has on the books. I wanted to include that example to, again, debunk the myth that people are just casually going in at eight or nine months and getting um, an abortion because they're not doing that. Now that's the end of Tuesday, I'm gonna play just a couple clips, or three clips actually, from Wednesday to sort of show how this you know, meltdown turned into the meltdown into the next day. Now, very quickly, I wanna give a shout out to my sponsor. Who is my sponsor? That would be the listeners to this podcast and readers of my newsletter. I don't have one large donor. I don't have advertisers. I have no corporate sponsorship of any kind. My uh, income is 100% derived from donors who are subscribers to my Substack. $5 a month is the lowest. That's pretty much what most people do. Some people pay for the whole year. And then I also have a Patreon and people can donate any amount they want per month people who are paid supporters of decoding fox news get exclusive content sometimes it's a video sometimes it's an article it, i've even done little audio bits it varies but they get exclusive content so before we go into the next one this is from wednesday this is from a 15 minute long clip on fox and friends that i broke down to two minutes You will hear that Steve Ducey is the lone dissenter who keeps pushing the same thing because he's going rogue again, where his co hosts keep insisting the loss of the election was other. Reasons
2: and but he lost both. What a uh, an epic failure by Governor Youngkin. This is a huge loss.
5: The big upset was one thing, uh, particularly when it comes to abortion. Republicans just weren't able to rally. It looks like abortion, abortion, abortion was the big uh, issue for the folks out there. Also, when you look at the Midwest. REPUBLICANS JUST AREN'T DOING A GOOD JOB OF GETTING PEOPLE TO turn OUT AND IT LOOKS LIKE THEY FOCUS ON THIS ECONOMIC MESSAGE BUT THE, the, the VOTERS JUST AREN'T BUYING IT.
4: Guys. And HERE WE ARE
2: TWO YEARS AFTER THE DOBBS DECISION mm-hmm. AND THE REPUBLICANS HAVE NO IDEA HOW TO MESSAGE IT. it ULTIMATELY IT COMES DOWN TO THE QUESTION OF ABORTION AND AMERICANS, AS WE HAVE SEEN, ONCE AGAIN, THE PREDOMINANT ISSUE ACROSS THE BOARD was WAS ABORTION. People don't want restrictions on it. Ultimately, it comes down to the Democrats have a really potent issue, and that is abortion. Because you know, ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned, pretty much every time the Democrats have run on abortion, they have won. And also in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, uh, he Bashir won after hammering uh, Cameron for supporting the state's near-total ban on abortion. So. So Abortion across the board.
5: Overall, it looks like the Republicans were outspent. They were outworked. And it seems like there's still no real strategy as it relates to early voting. It looks like the Democrats have an operation to get it done. And I know some Republicans have said they want to turn that around, but it looks like the anti early voting message for states that allow it is just not helping their turnout.
1: It
2: seems in every major race, Republicans were outraised two and sometimes three to one. So they got a year to change that. We heard about the red wave
5: uh, the last time. Right. Now we heard about the big wins that were going to be made in Virginia. That uh, Daniel Cameron was going to win Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That was wrong. It looks like the Republicans need a full autopsy of where this polling. Looks like there's some interest in the Republican Party, but when it comes to getting the folks to the polls, they're failing on this.
2: she so would had changes when they we go 2024 with the president on the on the on the ballot. The ballot. Yeah. And if if you are if if abortion is on the agenda, on the ballot in your state, the Democrats, as of last night and in the past special elections, Democrats win. So so far, seven states are off the board.
0: Yep, I thought that was kind of fascinating. I did rearrange the clips a little bit. But um, if you see Steve Ducey just kept he, he was kind of going rogue again. He was kind of doing one of his Steve Ducey goes rogue. We just kept hitting it like, no, it's abortion, guys. Americans want abortion. Americans want abortion. Americans want abortion. Now, it's, of course, not all Americans. It's a majority or more than a majority. So far, I mean, when when Kansas happened, I was shocked. When Kansas happened, when the voters of Kansas said, we want abortion legal. And Ohio is not a purple state. Ohio is, is very red at this point. And Ohioans said, we want abortion legal. I, I would be interested to see what would happen in Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana and Texas if they opened this up to a referendum. Now, not every state can do that. And I think in many states, they'd never let them do that because they, they, they're scared of what would happen. Because I, I know, and I just want to say this, people have very strong feelings about abortion. And I totally get that. And I don't think I'm going to convince anybody from listening to a podcast how they feel about abortion. I'm not. I would never think I could do that. But I will say this. This has definitely been used as a tool by Republicans for decades to do all kinds of things, scare the heck out of people. And now they caught that car. They're the dog that caught the car and they don't know what to do because it's backfiring horribly. Now, this next clip is from the five, and this is Greg Gutfeld talking about the election. I could have played ten clips. I had so many clips from the five, but Greg Gutfield just Really doesn't get it.
4: I gotta say, Democrats are very lucky that they're running against a party with principles. Mm -hmm. Because when you have principles, you're less likely to compromise in exchange for power, right? So, yeah, sure, Republicans can win and you'll get lower taxes and a stronger economy and more security and less crime. But if that means you're going to give in on abortion, I prefer to lose on principle. I think a lot of people feel that way. Dems, it's usually the opposite. Power trumps principle. It's why they were okay with Soros funding DAs that destroyed our cities. THE COUNTRY SUFFERS, BUT THEY WON THOSE SEATS. IT'S WHY THE ORIGINAL PARTY OF FREE SPEECH COMES OUT IN FAVOR OF CENSORSHIP BECAUSE IT SUPPRESSES REPUBLICAN OPINION AS DISINFORMATION, AND THEY WIN. IT'S WHY THEY DON'T MIND A NON-BORDER, BECAUSE MAYBE LONG TERM, IT WILL HELP THEM WITH VOTES, MORE VOTERS. Uh, BUT I, YOU KNOW, THIS IS HOW THE CHIPS FALL WHEN YOU VOTE regarding, REGARDING ABORTION. IF THIS IS HOW IT HAPPENS, FINE. RIGHT? YOU CAN NOW DISCUSS IT AS AN ACT and not a right.
0: That's a classic Greg Gutfeld clip there because he, when he doesn't know how to talk about something, he'll just talk about other things. He's he's done this with Israel Hamas multiple times. He just starts talking about, oh, trans people and and um, no cashless bail and, and DAs and George Floyd. I mean, that's what he does. He just starts talking about other things because he doesn't know how to address the actual issue. And in that clip, he just went on tangents about freedom of speech and Soros. I just, what? and the, But I saved that clip and I and wanted to include it out of all the clips I had today. And I had a lot. A lot were very good. They're going to go in the newsletter. The newsletter is going to be a doozy this week because I don't even know what to pick. There's so many clips. I'm already like, it's not even Thursday yet. And I'm like, ah, this is a lot. <laughs> I got a lot to select. And I might, I don't know. It's a lot. Anyway. But what killed me about that clip is he says, oh, the Republicans have principle. And because they won't give up their principle, it's okay if they lose. Is it, Greg Gutfeld? Because I just heard Hannity say 15 weeks is perfectly fine. And then somebody else on the show say 20 weeks. Yeah. Okay. And Glenn Youngkin, the Republican in Virginia, said 15 weeks. And that's also been uttered by others. So no, I don't think that your, your party has principle. I think Kaylee McEnany does because she's at least honest. And I think that she does. Again, I, I don't think her ideas would work. I don't think they're practical. I don't think they get passed. But I do think she has a genuine care and empathy for women and babies. I do. I do. Um, I don't think anybody else that I saw speak or showed in those clips seems to care. This is purely raw politics. They just want to win. So they're they're exactly what you just described the Democrats as. And I had all that evidence to prove it. Now, this final clip is very short. We've gone full circle. We're back to Hannity. And again, he gave me a little bit tonight, not too much, but this is the clip that I just i shook my head and said, well, there you go. There you go.
1: And Democrats now are using abortion as a political weapon. Not only do they accuse Republicans every two and four years of being racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, wanting dirty air, wanting dirty water, and wanting to kill grandma and grandpa, now they're saying that Republicans will end all abortions, which is a lie. And the problem has been Republican.
0: So that clip is so perfect for so many reasons, because it's classic propaganda. Up is down. Black is white. The sky is pink. It, what you're seeing is not real. You're seeing we've been telling you that we're going to ban abortion for 49 years, but we didn't really mean it. We didn't really mean it. Just forget all of that. Forget all of that. Forget all the grief and pain and anguish and hate that we threw at people who had abortions. Just forget all of it. Just didn't happen. We didn't really mean it because we want to win elections. So please just ignore that. I want to take that clip and I want to find a clip clips of current or recently retired Republicans Saying with enthusiasm that they want to ban abortion. That they are for a national ban. In fact, he had Lindsey Graham on his show on Wednesday night. Hannity did. But they didn't talk about abortion. Of course not. Because that would be a little inconvenient. Because I believe Lindsey Graham has pushed for a national ban on abortion. Pretty sure he did. So, um, So, yeah, just in case. I just looked it up and it says Lindsey Graham pushes for a national ban on abortion. Yay, urges federal abortion ban. Yay, he did. Lindsey Graham. So that's how uh, just insane. That's how brazen this propaganda is. So after going on and on and on about like, how dare you say that I was ever for a national abortion ban? Or however, you, how dare you say I'd promote that? Sean Hannity says that. He has Lindsey Graham come on the same episode and they just talk about uh Israel Hamas in that case. And And Lindsey Graham was quite hawkish towards Iran, and I looked at him and thought, "Can we just give you a rifle and send you over? Because you know, if you are gonna, if you are gonna push for uh, American men and women to go over there and fight, because you just want to kill everybody, Lindsey Graham, he's very, very hawkish. I thought, well, why don't we just send you? I think you'd be perfect. You, you know, why not? You look, you could hold a gun." Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. I was just losing my mind, screaming and yelling. But it was fun to watch them melt down. It was fun to see them go into full-blown panic, which they did. And it's also funny to see how they push these polls all the time. Like, oh, Biden's doing so bad in this poll, and Trump's doing so great in this poll. Well, they thought... Tuesday night was going to go great for them. They thought Yunkin was going to sweep, get both houses in Virginia. They thought the governorship in Kentucky was up for grabs. They thought Mississippi was very close when it was not at all. The Republican won re-election in Mississippi. And uh, there you go. Well, I don't think these things worked out so well for you. And this kind of reminded me of the midterms. So good luck to you with all of that. That'll be fun again if that happens. That was the first time I really enjoyed my job, I'm kidding, I I love my job, but I had to watch nine hours of election night coverage, and boy, did I have a fun time making that thread. That was hysterical, because they were all melting down. So thank you so much for listening. Again, if you'd like to become a supporter of Decoding Fox News, you can go to my Substack or my Patreon, and you can get access to exclusive content. And my mascots, Odin and Thor, the cats of the podcast, Send Their Love. And I will see you at the next podcast.